All right, so this is our last, this is our last series, and last week in the Frequency series. Um, and we've been talking about releasing the sound of freedom. And so today I've asked Wendy um, to share some of her story. Some of, and she's got an amazing story. If you guys have ever gotten to talk with Wendy, she's got such an amazing testimony. She's not going to share all that today, obviously. Um, but she's going to share some of the freedom that she's experienced in her life. And I, I, I'm tied to that because I'm, we're married. But I wanted to let you know, I mentioned last week that the B99 was going to be talking. I call her the B99 all the time. And people are like, what does the, is it a vitamin? What is the B99? <laughs> Most people, when you, when you meet their spouse, they'll say, this is my better half. This is my better 99%, right? Um, I, I, I might not even have 1% good in the marriage. But she's, she is amazing, y'all. Um, and you're going to be so encouraged this morning. Uh, I'm just so thankful for your yes just to share. So why don't you just, you start where you want to and share some of the freedom that you're experiencing and have experienced and we'll just roll with that. Okay. So this is freedom for me because uh, being up here on this stage, um, but then being with my family, um, you're my family. So um, this is really cool to be up here. Um, it's way out of my comfort zone. Um, um, as I was um, preparing for this um, and praying, fasting, um, I just, um, I can't believe that Paul comes up here every week and does this. Um, Say it again louder for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how he does this every week. Um, yes, yes, yes. Um, so I brought some notes just so I don't forget because I have a tendency to do that. I, I really do prefer sitting around a table or one-on-one. -on -one. That's what I prefer. Um, but I know sometimes, um, you know, the Lord takes us out of our comfort zone. So um, when Paul asked me to do this, I immediately thought, because it's Mother's Day, um, I, I just was reminded of, of a a part of my story, a part of our story, um, and a journey that um, God took us on. So um, I do want to, I, I want to share a quote. I'm reading an incredible book um, by uh, Dr. Kurt Thompson. He is a psychiatrist um, and a passionate follower of Jesus. And um, um, it's from the book, um, The Anatomy of the Soul. And I just think because um, we're here together and we're sharing stories, um, I wanted to share this with you. When a person tells her story and is truly heard and understood, both she and the listener undergo actual changes in their brain chemistry. They feel a greater sense of emotional and relational connection decreased anxiety, and a greater awareness of and compassion for others suffering. So when we tell our story of struggle and suffering, it connects us to one another. Um, and uh, the, the Word of God calls that renewing our minds. And, we, and that's one reason why we, we talk about testimonies all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Like, let's share our story. It's not just because we, like, we're not trying to be cool or hip or relevant. I mean, maybe read that quote again. That's so powerful. You, you need to know what's happening in your brain, in your life, and in people's brains when you share your story. So when you tell your story and you're truly heard and understood by a listener, 
actual changes take place in your brain circuitry. You feel a greater sense of emotional and relational connection, decreased anxiety, and a greater awareness for compassion of someone else's suffering. And so it is in the telling of our story that connects us to one another, um, and, and that's how we share the hope that we have inside. That's why we share Jesus. So a part of um, our story is um, um, be- trying to become a mother. And I'm so grateful. That's, that's your story. My yeah, story. my story. But you were part of that, so. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm so grateful that my son, my mother's here today. I'm so grateful for that, but my son's here today. Um, what is mama's in the house, y'all? Yeah. yeah. And, and her son. Yes, yes, yes. He's a part of this story. So in um, 1995, um, I think Paul and I had finished up um, getting our master's degrees, and we decided that we wanted to start a family. Um, And so um, over the course of three years, we, we tried to have children, and it just was not happening. Um... We also moved. We also moved out of a safe community, away from our families, into a whole nother community, um, which took time to get to know people. Um, but within that community of believers, within that church, um, this particular church placed a high value of had a high value of prayer. Uh, They valued prayer so much that they set aside very uh, specific, intentional times to pray together. Um, uh, Hint, hint, um, we also have those as well um, at 8 o'clock on Sunday mornings in the back on Wednesday nights here. Um, And that church, they had an actual prayer room. mm -hmm. We've never seen that before, but that was it was pretty cool. It was like very it new to us. on a regular basis, yeah. Yeah, there. very new to us. And um, so just very intentional time praying and, and asking God for children to make that happen. Praying uh, over the course of three years. And um, I can't go in to tell you just the heartache um, and the pain and struggle that we had. Three years is a long time. Um, I want to read Psalm 22, 1 through 2. Um, Because it just captures what was deep in our hearts. Um, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Uh, Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Um, Just the struggle of not hearing an answer. Um, knowing that he heard my prayers, um, but but just through that process, um, the Lord, um, he met me um, and confirmed to me that disappointment is very real in this life, that my disappointment over the course of three years matters to God. It truly matters to him. Um, that he understands that this world is a broken place. Um, and he invited me in to being known 
by him in the secret place and along with other um, believers. And during that time also, um, and I'm so grateful that God loves me like I am. You know, we're all created differently. We all have different gifts. And I know that during this time, I also um, sought the gift of, um, of my prayer language. And, um, and I'm just so thankful that that happened in, the, in the, this particular time frame. It also happened when I was at home alone, um, just praying with him, putting laundry up on the clothesline and crying out to him. And he blessed me. He gave me that then. Um, I'm just so grateful for that. So keep seeking. Don't give up. I was going to say, like, and we grew so much at that church. Yes. Um, and if that church is watching now, thank you for that. But it was not the most comfortable season of no. our lives. And when you were sharing Psalm 22, we, we, I mean, how many of you would say, like, I just want to be like Jesus? Show hands. That's what Jesus said on the cross. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? So we, we, we run from suffering. Like, that can't be from God. I mean, when, when you read that, and we, well, I can say it's about you. I mean, in that season of suffering and trusting, you really began to look more and more like Jesus. But it wasn't fun. No, it was hard. A lot of heartache. It was hard. Um, suffering has a place, y'all. God uses suffering in our lives yes. to produce the character of Christ in us. And that, sometimes we run from that, and maybe we should lean into that a little bit more. Yes, yes. I, I'd love to read Hebrews. I, I love the Word of God. I, I, I love it. And um, I, I want to read to you Hebrews 10, 19 through 23. Um, you can open your Bibles or your phone or... Um, and so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. And our bodies have been washed with pure water. So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. So he invited me in. To be known by him. He desires to be with us. As much as it does for him. As it does for us. And so through. Through those three years. Um, a lot of things happened. Sorry my notes. My faith began to build like it never had grown before. I began to trust him within that struggle. His word has always been, from the very beginning, important to me. I just grew to love it more. 
I really began talking to him. I really began um, opening up, um, not trying to hide things from him anymore, um, not trying to uh, protect myself um, from the hurt. Um, community began to be even more greater and more important than it ever had before. I began letting people in, um, trusting people with our struggle. Um, several people, um, a real dear friend would pray with me on a regular basis. Um, and so um, one, of, one of those nights, one of those nights of corporate prayer um, before our Sunday night service, um, that particular night, um, I just, you know, when you come to a point where you're just done, you need an answer. You need to know um, you're ready for the answer, and once you get that answer, you'll move forward. You'll, you'll do what's necessary. You'll heal. You'll trust. You'll... And so I needed that night, I needed that answer, and I told the Lord that night, I, I can't, I'm not leaving until you answer me. I'm not leaving until you speak to me. Um, I, I didn't. I just said, that's a dangerous prayer. You could have been there a long time. Right? Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I didn't know what that meant. So, um, But I was fully prepared to stay until I received an answer. And you know when you know someone, you can ask those prayers when you truly know them. It was okay. I wasn't demanding. I just had decided to stick my feet in the sand and not move until he answered. Yeah, and I know you, you, you're really on a journey about being known, right? Um, not just knowing things, knowing facts, knowing, but, but being known. Um, and when Jesus says those harsh words in the, in the, at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he says, like, depart from me. I never knew you. He wants a bride that is known by him. And, and I think that's one lesson that we learned there. Like, we, you and I had lots of conversations. Like, yes. when are we going to have, have kids? Yes. But there were people that you allowed in to that struggle. Yes. And... And he never means for us to to walk this alone. Yeah. When we isolate ourselves, that is the perfect opportunity for the enemy to get in our head, to have narratives in our head, to think things that are not true, to think things that are not real. Um, so it's important that you invite someone in. It doesn't mean you're inviting the entire church in. It just means that you're inviting people that you can trust um, and that will intercede and pray with you. And so because I did that, um, I, again, this is just how, how good our Father is. He used that person that I had trusted to come to me in that prayer room and to tell me that we would have children. And because it came from her, because he knows me, <laughs> because it came from her, I looked at her and said, you know, I know I have a choice. I know I have a choice. But where can I go, God, that you are not there? And so I chose to receive that, knowing in faith that we'll see. 
We'll see. And then he can also confirm in Scripture because he knows me. He knows that's what I need. And so in Romans 4, um, verses 18 through 21, and against all hope, a piece that I did not share, um, I say this all the time, our God is a God of details. He, um, he's intricately involved in our day-to-day lives. And because of that, um, at that particular time, when we moved from Columbia, South Carolina to Lake Wiley, the insurance that we had, medical insurance that we had, allowed me to keep my doctors. Uh, I had a specialist um, because of some issues that I had. And um, he, our insurance allowed us for a, a well over a year to keep our same insurance. Well, that's a big deal to be able to keep your doctors who know you, uh, who followed you. Um, at some point, um, we lost our insurance, um, not because of anything we did, but because of employment. Um, and then the new insurance said you cannot keep your doctors because they are out of network. They're in Columbia, South Carolina. You're in, in North Carolina. We were in North Carolina. No, well, we weren't. South Carolina. Close to North Carolina. Close to North Carolina. And during that, there, during an eight-month period, I was taking medications to help us to get pregnant, which required monthly blood work being done. Um, so with that loss, um, dealing with that, the frustration of that, finding a whole other doctor, and then once you find it, being able to get in and see them. Uh, can be difficult and so there was a there was a time frame that we could not rely on medication to help my body get pregnant so I think our God I know that he took care of those details what looked to be devastating and frustrating and this is not fair this is not right Mm -hmm. Um, he used those to remind me to remind us that he is in control. He's the one that makes things happen. And so through the telling, telling me through my friend and through scripture, um, I knew, I knew, I knew that he was a God that answers prayer and he'd given me my answer. Yeah. I think, you know, we're talking about stories and how, what happens in our brains when we tell them y'all go, y'all never go see boring movies, right? The best movies you sit and watch it the whole time going, like, this is terrible. Like, what's happening to the hero or the heroine is awful. And, like, this is, what a horrible way to live. And now all of a sudden, like, that builds to the climactic ending. And you're like, that was amazing. And when we were talking about this this week and you're retelling it, I'm just sitting here thinking, like, all the ways that it seemed like he wasn't going to come through. Yeah. And it was just, again, him inviting you in, saying, yes. hey. I know you. Will you yes. let me know you? Will you be vulnerable? Will you share with your friends, yes. the people that are praying with you? Like, I, I believe God, but it's really hard to yes. believe God. Yes. And it's almost like we just sang about that. Like, even when I don't see it, you're working. Yes. Right? I mean, that's why we sing songs like that. Yes. And <laughs> I love that. I love yes. that part of our story. Yes. So Romans 4, 18, against all hope, Abraham in hope believed 
And so he became the father of many nations, just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. And since he was about 100 years old, and that, his, and that Sarah's womb was also dead, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God, being fully persuaded that God had power to do what he had promised. What a blessing, that scripture, what life-giving. That's, that's when the word of God becomes logos. It becomes, it comes off, rhema, excuse me, rhema. It comes off the page, and it pierces our heart, and it reminds us it is living, and it is active, and is what we can hold on to during difficult. Romans 5, 3 through 5 talks about how we can rejoice in suffering and struggles because of what that produces in our life, what that needs to produce in our life, what, what we have so that we can give that same hope, share that same hope with others. Because it's not about us. I mean, it was wonderful. I mean, we were praying to have children. That's wonderful. But that's not where it ends. It's all about Jesus. It's about him. Yeah. It's about pointing ourselves to him. And so... There's so much more to our story. There's so much more, the details. And so sometime, come to our house, sit around our table. I'll share more details. Yeah, we'll tell you all about how, like, God gave her a word about children. He gave me a word about the, about the same time about children. He literally created an insurance company for us yes. that faded away after our children were born after the twins were born and we had would have had to pay tens and tens and tens and tens of thousands of dollars he took care of that yeah. um we we can tell you all kinds of stories like that yes um, we can. but you have to come sit around the table to hear that because yes. you know there might not be time now yes. but it's amazing what um just how the faithfulness of god what he does yeah. in people that are desperate and are hungry and cry out to him and don't make don't make what you're trying to get the goal right the goal is Jesus. Yes. He's after our hearts, y'all. He yes. wants us. He doesn't want just for us to, well, I'm, I'm a king's guy. I get whatever he says. Yes, but that's not the goal. The goal is that he has us and we have him. And I just, yeah, I love that. So much we could say about that whole story. Yes. Yeah. And, and about the, remember the traveling evangelist that came? Listen, I'll brag on Wendy for a second. Y'all, you want to know why I talk about being hungry all the time? This is the hungriest woman I know spiritually. Spiritually, stop it. <clears throat> I mean, she might be hungry now too. We are going to go on a picnic later, but um, she's so hungry for Jesus. She's so hungry. for well, I, As the youth pastor in that church in Lake Wiley, because we had been vulnerable, because we had invited people into that struggle, um, this evangelist calls her up on the platform. If you're an introvert, you'll have a panic attack right now. And she stood on the platform, and that lady put her hand on Wendy's womb and prayed and confirmed the word that had been given to Wendy about how she would have a child. And since God gave her that word and he gave me that word, and I guess that evangelist prayed really, really hard, we had two children. <laughs> right? It's just that stuff doesn't happen if you're if you're if you suffer in isolation. Yes. It just doesn't happen. 
So, I mean, I, go ahead. So I, I just wanted children, and I got so much more. I had a healed body. I didn't ask for healing, but that's what I got. That's what, and it was him. It had to be him because there was no medication. There was nothing in my body that could help produce life. God did that. He healed my body. And so, um, wow, to have a healing and to believe that our God heals. He does heal. He does heal. So I, I want to I leave you with this because um, our God wants to be known. And we get to know him through the word of God. We get to know him by talking to him. By praying. We get to know him in one another. We get to know him in our suffering and our struggles. Um, I love the word of God, but knowledge alone is not what we seek. Facts are important. The truth is important. But when we rely on that, it gives us the illusion that we're secure and we're in control. And we don't have to trust him because we have it all figured out. We don't. We don't. We invite him in. 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3 says, We know that we all possess knowledge, but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to. But whoever loves God is known by God. Known. We get to be known by him. Being known requires a lot of vulnerability. Allowing him into the deep places, those places um, that are dark. That's for another day. But it all starts with a high view of God and his character. And when we place him where he deserves, then we can trust him. We can trust that. Because knowing him and knowing that he is completely good, he is always completely loving, he is deeply involved in the cares of our life, and he is in complete control. And I can't emphasize this enough that we are made for intimacy with him and we are created to encounter him and to experience him not just to know about him and if I could just leave you with one more scripture I had so many I had to cut them out <laughs> just so many if I could leave you with this Psalm 51 verse 12 let my passion for life be restored tasting joy in every breakthrough you bring to me hold me close to you with a willing spirit that obeys whatever you say to do and thank you for letting me share my story because again it's in the telling of our stories that connect us with others who need to hear the hope that we have it's not about us it's not about us it's about jesus and it's about the hope that he brings in relationship with him for freedom the b99 y'all right 99 percent right there so good mm.
I could listen to her read the Bible all day long. Love the passion you have for it. Um, I think one of the things that we want to do this morning is, is well, we're just going to ask you to be vulnerable. <laughs> because infertility is a part of our story. It's, it's a past part of our story, but it's a big deal in our culture today. A lot of people are struggling with it. Um, and we just want to, we want to pray the same healing that Wendy experienced over you, over people that you might know. Um, again, take, take this away from Wendy's story. We, I'm a Pentecostal preacher, y'all, right? So we're going to have services and there's going to be lots of singing and we're going to be at the altar. Like all of that's so good. It's not either or, it's both and. But when Wendy was, when, when she received her prayer language, did you catch that? She's at home hanging laundry on the line. I'm not even sure we had a dryer. I think we had just a clothesline because we lived in a farmhouse that had slanted floors and shag carpet. Nothing matched, and yet everything went together. It was awful, awful, awful. And just as she's doing her routine stuff, God gave her her prayer language. Um, he healed her in a, in a prayer room when it was just her and her friend. It's not all about the flash, y'all. It's about faithfulness, the faithful heart seeking God and a faithful God who answers. And so this doesn't have to be an emotional thing, right? It doesn't have to be a loud thing, but it does have to be a shared thing, right? Um, full disclosure, one of the most frustrating things about being a pastor is people expect you to be able to read their mind, and, and we can't. We don't know the struggle you face if you don't let people into the struggle. And we would never, you would never have received that word from her, your friend if she had not been a part of that, known that, been praying for you. So, um, I don't know. How, how should we do that? Should we make them all come here and like lay hands on their womb? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just a joke. <laughs> See that face? That's what I see every week on the front row. She's like, oh, boy. Touch him, Jesus. Can we just do this? Would you just, um, just close your eyes? You don't have to stand up. You don't have to do anything. Would you just make yourself self available to the Lord right now? First off, would you just be vulnerable with him? Would you allow him to know you? And I'm going to ask Wendy just to pray for God to touch your body, to heal you. For him to be greater in your life than he's ever been. Father, we love you. Jesus, we love you. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you want to be known because our desire is to be known as well. We may not say it out loud, but in our deepest parts, we want to be known by you and by others. But we get scared, we get afraid.
can be honest with you because you promise to never leave or forsake us. You promise to comfort the brokenhearted, those that feel crushed in their spirit. You promise to lead us by the hand, not show us. You promise to lead us to take our hand to that strong tower. You promise to help us see goodness in the land of the living. And if we will listen, you'll speak. So Father, I pray for those that want to be moms, couples that have been asking you, I pray, God, that you will speak to them. You will provide exactly what they need. And I know they need to hear you. I know they need your comfort. I know they need your embrace. God, that just like me, that you would meet them where they are. You know them. You know exactly what they need. Because our hearts want to be close to you. We want our joy restored. We don't want to stay in disappointment and struggle. But you promised to lead us through that, that we don't have to stay there. Thank you that you hear us. Thank you that you lean down to hear our prayer. Thank you, Father. You are good. You are completely good. You are completely loving. And you desire to walk with us. Thank you, Jesus, that because of what you did for us, we have access into the Holy of Holies. May we not forget that. May we never forget that you made that way because of your blood. And that we don't have to remain in a prison that we've been set free, that you saved us, you heal us, and you restore us to what we're called to be. You have a destiny for us. You're already there, so we can trust you. all stand up together I just want to pray one last prayer over the over the house it's God's desire that we would be producers of life so um, physical moms spiritual moms right spiritual fathers he's his desires that we would we would impart life to the next generation and i want to pray that over you that you would be marked like that that people would know you as somebody who speaks life and gives life you'd be sitting around tables coffee tables on couches pouring into the next generation
So God, I just pray for the gathering that we would be marked as a place that is not just about us. Our heart, mine heart, Wendy's heart, our hearts, God, are that we would lead a body that is producing disciples of Christ, followers of Jesus who look to others and say, come follow me as I follow him. God, our heart is that this place would be full of spiritual moms and spiritual dads. Everybody in this room, God, no matter our age, no matter our background, if we're following you, your desire for us is that we would reproduce. So God, give us a heart for that. Give us a heart to be with you so that we can give to others what you've given to us. Find in the gathering a place where the river can flow through her to others. God, that we would produce fruit, and not just some fruit, but fruit that remains. You know our heart, God, and I pray that it would be the heart of this body as well. Man, that everywhere we go, just the authentic work of Jesus in us would be contagious for others. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Listen, y'all, you better clap like you've never clapped before because this is the B99. She's amazing.